You're listening to The Max with Sterling and Taylor Mack. Highly opinionated, and you just might learn something. Come on in and enjoy the listen. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of To The Max. Mac Brothers here on the East Coast. Sterling, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, doing this on a, what's today, Tuesday? It, it is, it is. That makes, that makes one of us. Because I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not that happy. All for the reason $170 million is going to be paid out over five years span to a man in the NBA who hasn't developed a jump shot. Can't, can't shoot a three-pointer. Refuses to shoot from the elbow. That's basically taking a free throw for those that don't have the terminology down for the NBA or just basketball. A regular free throw. I can't shoot, but it's going to make $170 million. I forgot. I looked at the breakdown. I can't remember exactly what it was making per year, how they did it. But it's infuriating because congratulations to him. Let me give him a slow clap. You secured the bag at all costs. He's got talent. I'm not hating on that. I just don't understand why you make that type of investment. And this is about Ben Simmons with the Philadelphia 76ers. I do not get it. I mean, I get it, right? He is uh, hes extremely talented. He's a 6'10 point guard. There's no doubt about it, right? He has to be able to figure out how to stretch his game further. But every metric from an offensive standpoint, even though it gets really clunky, and there were times last year where Jimmy Butler would just absolutely take over and be that alpha dog male that we've talked about multiple times in the pod. Mm-hmm. But Ben Simmons still – on off splits, they were better with him on the floor. He does a ton of things from an offensive perspective. He can play the lane defensive uh, defensively or play the passing lanes essentially, right? He likes to get out and run. Right. He runs the fast, you know, probably he's probably one of the best point guards that run the fast break just because his ability to obviously finish at the rim, dunk the basketball, but also his vision and passing ability. Um, but no, it's it'll be interesting. I think the Sixers are in an interesting position, right? Like, first of all, he signed with a 15% trade kicker. So that that makes it really, really hard to trade him. Like, I, I don't know what happens, right, if Joel Embiid doesn't come back in in shape and then, then you're, like, relying on Ben Simmons to try and score all the time and hope uh, that Tobias Harris, like, kind of gets off to the start that he did with the Clippers last year. I, I, it's a tough position to be in. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said about Ben Simmons. I think he's a great player running the breaks. He's the court really well. Handles can still improve, but I mean, he's 6'8". You're looking over most guards that are going to be in the league. I'm just like, take look at your last, look at your crunch time minutes in the playoffs. He's on the bench. Why are you going to give somebody who essentially is going to be replaced by your seventh man, sixth or seventh man, and in those crunch time minutes, that's who the max contract needs to go to. I had th- I thought that they would have played it smart while his name is hot and he's are a good you, player. Shop are him. You, are you saying Max TJ McConnell? Is that what you just said? I didn't say Max TJ McConnell, but that's it. But that's what. But that that's that's what that's what should happen. I mean, I get it. Yes, Max TJ McConnell because he's the only one that's in. If you ain't in in the crunch time minutes, they're only subbing you in for defense. You're a Bruce Bowen. Shout out to Bruce Bowen, one of the best defenders I've ever seen in the game. But that's that's why why give somebody that much money when when you need that bucket down by three, trying to extend the lead down by two, trying to go up one maybe with a nice play set coming off of a timeout, and you're on the bench. The tough thing that he that he encounters is the fact that he's a little bit he's a little afraid to take a free throw. 
And I think because of that, he doesn't go to the basket, which then limits him offensively. So then I think Brett Brown is just in a situation where one, I don't think Brett Brown's a great coach, right? So you've got a, a guy that's not a great coach and doesn't really know how to space these guys all out together, especially when Jimmy yeah. Butler's on the floor. And then you're like, then Ben Simmons is just floating and not doing what he does great. So then, of course, you have to send him. Like, he's a non-factor because he can't shoot. And then you're ISOing Jimmy Butler on the other side. Like, you can't, you know, people think, are helping off of Ben. I think we were all surprised when Brett when, uh, Brown was welcomed back with open arms. That was kind of that was kind of wild. But y'all, I, I think the entire country thought he was about to get the boot, the swift boot. Yeah, I think everyone was really shocked. I mean, you have Joel Embiid shooting threes when he should have been on the block, but he was afraid to go back in the block because Gasol was pushing him off by a, like six or 12, by about like a foot. So he wasn't really on his marks, and but he's up at the top of the key, just winded. Like what? Call timeout. Get everybody structured. But that was the issue, right? Joel Embiid being out of shape and whatever was going on with him, being sick, all that stuff. Like you can't have a top 10 player in the league not be a top 10 player at all times in the playoffs. And I think that's the scary thing right now for Philly fans is if you are relying on Joel and B, like I, I just, I just don't know if I can trust that one for 80, you know, we know he's not gonna play 82 games a season, but let's say 70, 65 games all season. But then what does he give you in the playoffs? Like, is he truly in the best shape to lead your team down the stretch? Yeah. I mean, I, I will extend an olive branch to him just for the fact that he did get hurt. I get it. But you remember those days. When you were hurt, you remember looking over or, or if you were playing and you and you saw somebody who was injured with training staff, you're like, I don't want to be hurt. That is a bad workout. Whatever you're whatever you weren't hurt with, I understand you have to rehab, get your stuff back, trying to keep your wind up, trying to keep you so you can you can be thrown right back in. Hopefully you didn't you didn't really get that. So I, it's just is is a lot of confusion for me for the Sixers. Well, I, I think they look at it as they're they're kind of all in. I think everyone at this point in the in the NBA landscape is looking at it as like the Warriors for the first time in five, six years are finally vulnerable, right? And you're like, we gotta we have a real the chance. The passing now. of the guard. I think that's how everyone feels. Everyone's like, we have a real chance now because there's no team with that real like trio of superstars. We have a real chance of trying to go out and steal a championship. And so, you you know, I think the Sixers are like, let's get Jimmy. I don't think I think they wanted Jimmy Butler back. Jimmy Butler was like, I don't want to play with these dudes anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go chill Miami and do my own thing. And the Sixers are like, all right, well, let's run it back and let's see if we can piece this thing together. Can we can we talk about that for a second? I don't think we touched on that last pod. Um, fully. How much is the Iggy trade? going to come back to the Warriors if at if if at all for trading him with haste because of the breakfast club interview I don't think he was traded because of the breakfast club interview let's be very honest and let's let's also preface what that was right he's on there promoting his book he's doing all the venture capitalist stuff um and he talked about how the fact a couple years ago in the playoffs it was being reported that his injury was a little bit less severe than what it was there. I have two quick takes on that. The first one is from a gambling perspective, right? Gambling is now becoming legal and all that stuff. You know, teams are focusing on gambling. Mm -hmm. It's very problematic to hear that from that side, right? Because that, that changes lines. Andre Iguodala, especially at that time was like, you know, more a better player than, than what he is today. Not, right. not, not coming at anything, you know, Andre Iguodala is a great player. 
Um, the other side of that is the whole Durant situation, right? And I think we're very sensitive to hear something like that just because I don't think what the fuck I don't think we know. I, I just think people don't feel like they knew everything that was going on with Kevin Durant. I think most people from the beginning felt like he tore his Achilles or hurt his Achilles, right? And then in a way was rushed back out there. So I think to hear that, you, you kind of link that, that, you know, those comments to, to KD, which I think is unfair. I, I don't think any of us know really what KD had, you know what I mean? Uh, and I do not think he was traded that way. I think he was traded because from a financial perspective, it was better to get his $16 million off the books. I mean, Stephen A from the jump was always saying that it, it, it couldn't have been, it had to have been more than what they're saying. Cause he's like, I never seen a man grabbing where he was grabbing and saying that's your calf. And then every, every like zoom in of KD walking down the tunnel. Well, why is, why is the ice that low? The ice should be up higher if it's, if it's going to be a calf like that. Um, for like everybody trying to be online doctors, trying to figure out exactly thinking that there is more going along with KD. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. To the, to those points, but you, you don't see a big effect with Iggy being gone. I mean, let's, you run it down. They bring in D'Angelo Russell. You have Sean Livingston still. I thought Quinn Cook losing him. Uh, I didn't think they saw that one coming. I think they did. This is why they go out and get D'Angelo Russell, right? This is why you get Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston off the books because you bring in essentially, yeah, to start the season off, D'Angelo Russell is going to start because Clay Thompson's not there. Right. But on the flip side of that, if they keep him right in, in you know, Bob Myers has been on record being like, hey, we, we want to see this try to work with with D'Angelo Russell. But on the other side of that, it's, you know, now we've got a guy that if Clay does come back and he stays, we can really go off and on with our point guard situation. Now you've got a point guard that's used to being a starter that can start and then kind of sit there with the second unit, all that type of stuff. Like they, they now don't really need a Quinn Cook because you have a D'Angelo Russell. Was Looney and Livingston signing together? I thought Livingston so, came after Livingston um, was Livingston was released last week, uh, and then Looney was re-signed for actually for probably less money than I think he probably deserved, but whatever. Yeah, because he came up big, um, especially playing through injury that entire playoff. So yeah, I, I mean, I think the Warriors are going to the Warriors are retooling. I guess this now becomes like a Warriors thing. I mean, you know, they 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 drafted. I think pretty well. Um, obviously, brought back a lot of their younger core uh, that you saw from last year, and, and now mm-hmm. they just have to piece it together. The thing that you and, and let's be honest, right? Clay Thompson makes that dunk and gets the and one, or, or gets the layup, and then and one. They're down two points in that game, and Clay is having one of those game six Clay moments. Right? I mean, we all we all saw it coming. Like, like no one could there. stop Clay at that time, and then sure. the only to take him out was was the injury. They're winning that ball game. You have no idea what happens in Game Seven. Steph can go crazy, like you know Kawhi, who was who was injured, and what what Kawhi did was crazy. But there, there's some scenario there where the Warriors absolutely win Game Six and win Game Seven. So, you know that team is still really good with the fact that they have Clay, Steph, and Draymond. It was especially if KD did last through Game Six and say he gets hurt early Game Seven, it still would have been lock Warriors because it was Six was a lock until. You had boom, boom, until, lightning strike twice in the same spot. They, they're they winning that game. So when KD's out there, you're like, oh, God, this this would have been a sweep, right, if KD's there. That's that's everyone's mindset, right? KD hits those three threes. You're like, God, they're so good when he's out there. 
Then he goes down, and you're like, oh, they got to grind it out. And then Clay starts going crazy. You're like, man, like, how do you stop these dudes sometimes? And then boom. And then Clay gets hurt. You're like, oh, man. But I still don't think it's going to be a passing of the guard. At the end of the day, you have to look at what Steph has done ever since he's been in the league. And then Curse put together a good program. Uh, uh, I was going to say good program. But he's got a good playing style that he's that he's been able to coach and implement a system that allows a good free ball, allows free, allows for good free movement around the court. And with that, you have to run an entire game to try and keep up with Steph. So as long as that team is healthy, I you should be able to still shoot everybody out out the uh, out the gym. It does make it, games will be closer. Obviously, like you said, it's going to be up for anybody to really win or have that belief. But I still think it will be. Um, Dubs to lose. I mean, out there, it's the Warriors to lose. Still, it's crazy. They have, they still have the fifth best odds to win the finals, even with everything going on. That's Cause, that's crazy. Because break it down, uh, the the most dangerous team obviously is the Clippers with Kawhi and PG together. I'm not even. I'm really not taking the Lakers serious. That serious. I know their odds shot up tremendously when you have now that you got Boogie, AD, and LeBron. But let's let's be honest. How many games is LeBron going to sit? Because LeBron is looking at for playoff time. Everybody has to be healthy. Just like that, that cast and crew that came together with the Cavs. If that whole team was healthy with the mosh posh of people that started the season off two, two seasons ago, if that whole team was healthy, D-Rose, and started playing like they should have, D-Rose of Minnesota D-Rose, I think they would have done it. But it's, it's, all, it's all about health. I, I called I called that I called that last time. You when uh when they put everybody together, I was like, if this roster stays healthy with LeBron in Cleveland, LeBron is taking this to the finals and LeBron will win this. It's Dwayne was- Wade on his last knees. It's D Rose. Even if D Rose is Minnesota D Rose, like what does that do? But look at Rodney Hood. Look at how Rodney Hood played. And you're like, why couldn't you do this? The cat, like it was a whole, it was a roster where if you just played to what I what your potential was supposed to be or where you're supposed to be at just at this point in time that you see where they're at now, they would have won. Hands down. I fully believe that. But everybody got hurt. Then you started trading away everybody. IT never got his his uh chances either. So it's just it's just bad. It was bad. It was bad. They got swept because that's what was gonna happen. If they didn't stay healthy, which they didn't. But if they did, you never know. So, but that's why I'm not taking the Lakers that serious until I I have to be, I have to be, I have to see this to believe it. It's I'm, not putting, I'm not stepping out on faith. It's tough because that roster is just still not very good. And I think, I don't think we're, we're talking enough about the fact that LeBron is about to play his 17th season. Only, only two players have like been, productive in their 17th season that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kobe Bryant right right it's just it's just facts of the NBA it's just you age wears you down and I get it people are like oh LeBron first time he's like been off in the summer he's always doing his working out and kicking it drinking wine like awesome that's not gonna change the fact that he's old (laughs) that doesn't change anything like he might have a couple good games to start the season And, and I think the other thing that kind of skews it is he was 28, 7, and 7 last year, which is insane to kind of think about. But he's now got another year on him. He's now got to incorporate Anthony Davis. How does he play off of the ball differently? If he's playing the four, which he, quote, unquote, has said that he will do, or in back channels kind of told Kawhi, like, I'll play the four. I mean, now you're banging against dudes all day. 
you want Braun banging? Like, no, like that's not what you want. So it's let's put no, let's take take LeBron out. Just say, do you want a 35-year-old banging? Let's let's just throw 35. Let's keep it right. out. There. That's that's like being like, hey, Vince Carter, go get in the post all day and get me 10 rebounds a game. Like, what? You know, if it was anybody else at that age, I'd say no. Vince, <laughs> Vince might get up and mess around and do something with you right there. He might, he might really do that for being honest. Vince, I don't understand how he does the things that he does with his, with his body, but it's ridiculous. No, it's crazy that he'd still every now and then get up. There was that one uh, move last year where he like spun off of somebody like mid post, and he took off, but he like took off like old Vince, but his body couldn't stay up in the it air. Did. Long Gravity brought he, it right back, and he, back. Like, and he <laughs> brought he it down and floated it. It still made uh, me like like Vince got that. Vince still got the bounce. I was like, it ain't the same bounce, but. <laughs> It was a cool, it was a great adjust, adjusted shot in the air for the floater. It's just tough. It is tough to go through that season like that. This is my thing, right? I think, I think Denver is probably, Denver or Portland is probably your number one seed just because those dudes, those dudes are going to play, mm-hmm. you know, 82 games, right? They're younger, all that type of stuff. Um, and, and then from there, you, you, you kind of have the Clippers, right? How how good is Paul George's shoulder? That's a big like, two surgeries on both your shoulders, man. Like that's difficult. Obviously, they have Kawhi. Uh, then then you got the Lakers. To me, then you have the Warriors. You got the Jazz, who are also there. And then the team that we have not talked about yet, okay. team that I am very excited about. Team I, Atlanta I, Hawks. No, sorry, not the, the Hawks. Houston, not the Houston, the Houston Rockets. Oh, you sure it's not the Hawks? I mean, I actually think the Hawks are going to make the playoffs, but we'll get to that at some point. H-Town stand up. It's going to be crazy to see because um, if there, there's only two ways this goes, right? It's like Russell Westbrook is like, I'm going to do this and do this correctly, or it's going to implode. So either way, I want to watch it, and I'm going to watch every game. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see them them play together, man. I think. You know, in every aspect, it seemed like Chris Paul just wasn't Chris Paul anymore. And, and obviously he and James Harden were having issues. But now you put a, a probably the best athlete we've ever seen play the point guard position at, at point guard and let James Harden be James Harden. It really is going to be fun to watch. But here's here's the X factor that I think everybody's everybody's kind of leaving out a little bit. Mike D'Antoni. It's. Is he a good enough coach to really wrangle all that in or put X's and O's in place to allow them to really play off of each other and give them good sets? I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's going to be there. So then, like you said, there's going to be a lot of proving by Russell Westbrook on his end. And it, if something bad goes wrong, it's all going to be headline Russ Harden, not a good match or not, not, not the, uh, relationship fairy tale relationship that you're everybody was looking for but then it's like all right but what's 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 mike did? what's mike doing obviously we all know it's going to be a lot of one-on-one you're going to have high pick and rolls you're going to have harden sitting off on the wing just a little bit trying to utilize left hand get the step back going and then letting russell do his thing with his with his athleticism but i haven't really seen mike did i think if you brought in somebody else different i think you might see something pretty special out of the rockets maybe and they would have a pretty magical run, but with D'Antoni, I, I don't, I'm not seeing it. That's interesting, right? I think Mike D'Antoni's always been an innovator when it comes to offense, and 
he developed an offense. I know everyone hates watching it. Like I, I loathe watching James Harden and Chris Paul play, but he designed an offense. They could maximize James Harden. I, I think he's going to develop an offense that you can maximize what Russell Westbrook does, and that's just be a freak athlete. But is it really he was maximizing an offense? The whole thing was we don't like the mid-range jump shot. We're just shooting three. So with the three, yes, the lane can be opened up, and that's where James can draw his fouls. Is that really something that innovative? It's- it is in the fact that of like how they did it. And first, you got to go back and you got to go back in time, right? Mike D'Antoni starts the the whole Suns you know, eight seconds and under type of thing, type of offense, right, with Steve Nash. It's kind of where this started. That changes the whole NBA, the way that they ran the pick and roll, the way that they had Sean Marion and uh, Richardson, like, cutting off the sides. Like that, that's, that, They changed the NBA at that time in, the, in those 2000s there uh, from, like, you know, the mid-post game and just dumping it down to, like, a big man, right? Mm-hmm. So what he's done with James Harden is say, I'm going to surround you with real shooters. And I'm, I'm not talking like Andre Roberson. I'm saying like Eric Gordon, like guys that can really shoot the basketball. Yeah. And we're going to put pressure on the defense and saying, you've got now, you've got the whole, you've got 12 feet to work with as a guy that can handle the ball with James Harden at the top of the key. You got 12 feet for you to be able to do whatever you want to do. And then we're going to put you with a big man that can roll and also step back, right? And hit a 15 footer. Right. right. So so your mid-range shot only comes from one guy, but then we've also got guys in the corner that can shoot, a la PJ Tucker, and can also cut and know when to cut, right? And they can catch the ball and do things around the basket. Like it's a it's a really simple offense, which is like it's all read and react, but it's all predicated off the fact that James Harden is amazing, right? And and that's what he developed. Right. And I don't want to knock his skills. And I understand when you average 40 points in a in a month, it's ridiculous. But I'm going to go for one. I'm going to go off the words of one man and one man alone because you, you give this man a ton of respect. And that, sir, is the Black Mamba. That man, Kobe Bean Bryant, said you cannot win championships with that style of play. He also could have been speaking to the fact that CP3 was out at the time. And it was a lot like it was a lot of really just ISO solo stuff by Harden. Let Harden do the full creation in the offense. And then, like you said, read, react, play off of him. But it was without any extra help makes it a lot more difficult. So he could have been speaking on that. But I do think but I personally think he was speaking to the overall arching theme for this team and how this team has been running under D'Antoni since he's been in Houston. And I don't think it's going. I don't think it's going to get him anywhere. We, you're going to have good games of uh, CP. Or sorry, of Russ going off for forty. It's going to be like, oh, Russ going, oh, James going, Russ going, James going. We have we we've never seen something like this in the NBA before. You definitely have, but everybody has short memories these days. And you're going to have the good highlights. You're going to have something to show at the ESPYS. But then you're going to have that Tuesday, Wednesday morning. You're going to have Stephen A. Smith come on. Max Kellerman start giving the hot critique and takes. And it's not going to be that wild because it's not going to be a good matchup. I don't think. Good pairing. So to answer real quick about that is what Kobe was speaking to was the fact that they were running their offense so slowly and essentially allowing the defense to just sit back. It wasn't just the fact that they were playing this ISO kind of one-on-one pick and roll basketball. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that they would like come down. James Harden would pound it. He would initially come get a screen and then allow the Warriors to switch and then re-switch everything. 
Right. So the Warriors were never in a bad position defensively. They were just switching and, and doing all this pretty complex stuff actually defensively, but it allowed them to always be ready for James instead of James attacking off of that first scream within the first five seconds of the shot clock and then making a play after that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's really what Kobe was talking about. Right. That was that fact. So no, it, it, you know, to your point, I, there comes a point to where both these guys have, have not performed great in the playoffs. I, I think that's kind of what you're getting at. And what happens when that first game, when it doesn't work in the playoffs and to your point, Stephen A and everyone's like, this is what we've all been talking about. If it gets to that point, right. If it playoffs, if, if Russell Westbrook makes it to that point, playoffs, playoffs, I'm, I'm playoffs. I'm talking ten games into the season. No, you can't Let's, judge it. You can't was, judge it. It's gonna, hey, just it's gonna be ten games into the season. That's already gonna start rumble. The rumbles are gonna start happening, and I don't think it's gonna come back because at least with PG, PG is silent. There's not really you have there's two personalities. Eh, Harden's a little bit silent. Um, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting. They're going to be there's going to be some pretty fun games, but it's it's going to be interesting to see when the uh, critics are going to come out of the woodwork. But you had a good point that uh, you wanted to talk about with that pair up. So you have like everybody in in the NBA stars recruiting other stars a lot more actively than you see in other professional leagues. But friends want to be like, hey, I want to come play with you. I am going to make this happen. I, Anthony Davis, am going to make my wishes known, force the hand of the organization, sit for an, basically the every fourth quarter of a game for the rest of the season so that I can get out, I can get traded, and I can get to where I want to get. I want to have the power as a player. Why, your question was, why don't we see that so much in the MLB or in the NFL? Yeah, Do I you think- have a first thought on that one? I think football is tough just because of the cap, right? I think the cap and the restrictions on players and all that type of stuff, just it's really hard for you to force your hand in football because contracts aren't guaranteed, all that type of stuff. I think baseball is the interesting one, but I'm going to get back to football in a second. But I think baseball is the interesting one where, like, you grow up and you, you, you know, I, I played East Cod baseball. So you're always playing against these kind of the same people and you start meeting people on the circuit. Then you get to college and obviously that that pool of people shrinks, but then you start like hearing people and you're still playing summer league, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You just don't see it a lot. There was a little rumor last year that Chris Bryant, who grew up uh, in Vegas uh, with Bryce Harper, was kind of trying to recruit him to Chicago. But you, you don't really hear about guys like wanting to team up and be like, "Yo, let's go win it. Let's go win a World Series. Let's go do this." Um, and I find it really interesting. And I understand it. Again, basketball is structured so differently. The, the AU circuit is is um, a little bit more tight niche. Also, the, the the amount of players is a little different, but um, yeah, I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened. And then again, to football, I think the fact that a lot of guys just feel like they need to go get their money. And right. Any way that you can do that, they're, they're going to do that. I agree with what you're saying. And uh, just to kind of add on top of that, with the contracts for the NFL first, first off, you also run into the whole idea that and the NFL continues to do it. It's all about the shield. We can't let our players be bigger than the shield in this league because once the owners start relinquishing some of their power, and the players I know are starting to realize that's why AB forced his hand. Le'Veon did it, but Le'Veon was unlucky because I don't know why he didn't see this coming. James Conner 
was uh, a Heisman hopeful. He was, yeah, it was a Heisman hopeful before everything happened with with the cancer diagnosis. Like he was unreal at Pitt, absolutely right. unreal. So it just didn't work out in his favor. But players are now starting to take the power into their own hands to force um, their own situations, or at least try to go play with with teammates a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's still looked at in the NFL like you're replaceable. Well, somebody will come in and we can get that same production. Um, may not be 4.6 yards a carry and it'll be at 3.9, but at least we're set up for second down, second or third down, because we can bring in a player for less and we don't really have to worry about you. I, I think it'll I think it'll continue to change a little bit, but it all really depends on if the NFL allows players to really kind of have that power, let their voice, let, let their faces really be seen, let their voices shine more because they don't want that. Because we, what we've seen when that starts to happen is you think that you're going to lose some fans because they don't want to see this type of infiltration or with this style of, or this new age player. You just want to go to the, you just want to have your players go to the game, be the loyalist to your team. So you, the way that you support your team and let's rock because the NBA is the most progressive league out there. Um, this is, I'm still speaking just uh, specifically the NFL. So it'll still take a lot more time for the NFL, but you're starting to see a trickle just, just so, just a little bit. But it's interesting. You talked about two guys that forced their way out, obviously out of one situation in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but they didn't go and they weren't like, there was no plan. Right? True. True. There wasn't like, Oh, I want to go team up here. Odell Beckham just happened to get traded to the Browns just because the giants are inept. You know right. I mean? Right. Not like, Hey, ba- Hey Baker, I'm coming. Right. It, there was none of that, which I, I think is interesting. I think a lot of those guys, similar to the NBA, they hang out over the summer. You know, they, they do all these things together. They do parties and events, things like that, train together. So it's interesting. You don't see guys being like, hey, I want to I want to help either help this dude go in. Like you never saw people like outside of Tom Brady. There's been people that have, there's been people that wanted to play with the Patriots. Right. In, in, right. in a way, chasing a ring was Randy. They, sorry. Sorry about that. No, you're good, but you just don't see that a lot. Good. Was Randy free agent or traded from Raider, from Raiders? I thought he was traded. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. Um, but no, that is that is that is a good point. That that is a really good point. Uh, yeah, it's not like I can just say, "Hey, man, I'm coming." Like you know, they people do ring chase when you come up to New England. It's almost guaranteed that you're going to be in the uh, Super Bowl because. The AFC is a joke. Randy Moss is traded. Randy Moss is traded. Okay. Ah, is there one situation that we can point to where it was like, hey, bro, I'm coming to the team. That was a marquee player. Um, and they left. I don't I don't, I don't know. Now I just and again, I think football because of the guaranteed contract thing like that, it just doesn't happen. But I think it's incredibly interesting that guys, you know, you just don't see somebody be like, you know what, I really like. Mahomes, like I went to Texas Tech with him. I want to go play with that dude. You know what I mean? So, when's the next negotiation? Uh, it's this year, right? Or is it next year? Is it this year or twenty twenty one? Or maybe it's twenty twenty. I know they're starting it right. That's why we're starting to hear stuff about the eighteen game schedule. At that point, whoever is in that room, we've said this before. A, read all the fine print, because for some reason every player was surprised that Roger Goodell had so much power 
for the final say when it comes to infractions. It's like people just don't read anymore, which a lot of people don't. Have somebody in the room, have good players in the room to know what they actually want now and what and get the real feel of what the NFL players need and, and, and are trying to get because it's about time that you finally get an agreement in place where the player better guaranteed money so then we can see these situations happen and just overall better coverage because it's it's getting annoying because it's like players always come out surprised like, oh, well, I don't understand, you know, why, why Roger has all this power, blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know, it's it gets it gets annoying after after a while just like make yeah. the agreements better it's like you negotiated this what do you mean you don't know exactly like it, it makes it makes zero sense just like transition you ready for this segue yep makes zero sense just like these area 51 raids um, switch it, it on them. <laughs> I don't even really know what to think about this. First uh, of all, okay, uh, what? Uh -huh. where, where did this start? And and like, why, who started this campaign that they wanted to raid Area Fifty One? So it's a Facebook online petition group that's up to about. Why, half, why, why did you say Facebook online petition? Because Facebook is only online. Sterling, let me just do basically a double positive, like the way I want to talk. Okay, let me say it the way I want to say it. It's a Facebook online petition that has garnered up to about 500,000 online e-signatures. You like all that? Thank you. Make it redundant. So I don't know exactly where it started, but it's gained a lot of steam because every celebrity, I, I think all these Snapchats are real, like Robert Downey Jr. saying he's going to bring all his Iron Man suits and we're going to storm the gates. You have Lil Nas X doing uh, it's going to be Old Town Raid from the now number one billboard pop chart song Old Town Road. Uh, but everybody's kind of like joining up on it. But here, let's let's just be real. Let's just, let's be honest. If you have your phone out or if you want to grab your phone right now, this is what you need to do. OK, I'm a holy man. G you real quick. You need to go to Google Maps when on Google Maps, you need to take your finger. Scroll all the way to the state of Nevada. If you don't know what the state of Nevada is, please make sure you have everything. I think it automatically comes on so you can see the states, the state names. Scroll to the state of Nevada. Then I need you to go to Las Vegas. Okay. I can see Sterling is doing this right now as I speak, as, as you are doing this, maybe in your car, your office, at some party, somewhere where you're listening to my beautiful words. I hope they're not doing it in the car, but okay. Uh, that is that is very true. Please be safe. If you have a Tesla and it's on auto drive, then do it. If you do not, please pull over or wait till you get out the car. But I need you to scroll all the way to Nevada, then go to Las Vegas. And when you're in Las Vegas, I need you to take the major highway that goes west out of Vegas, west, northwest, and follow that slowly. That's two things, because, go ahead, keep going. To Indian River, I believe. It's Indian something right there, okay? I think they know I'm trying to do it. So okay, yeah, I, ended, I was trying to let you catch up if you could. So you're going to see a small little town there. There is an Air Force base there as well. From there, there it is ain't, a... It ain't on the map. It, it, it ain't. Oh, trust me. Trust me, it's there. So from, from Indian, I, it's... Indian something Nevada. You're gonna take your finger and slowly scroll. There's a there is a unnamed road. It could be named for a portion, and it drops out. 
but it's still there and it rocks all the way to area 51 and scroll slightly as you go up sterling if you want to make this easier and then you will hit area 51 but if you want to make it really easier on you type in lake mead lake I think I was gonna say, lake. that's the easiest thing to do just go lake mead and go so i think it's lake mead or is lake mead the big lake i thought i was it right no not lake mead uh that's all right sorry lake uh, there's like a dry salt bed lake that's right above Area 51. Uh, sorry, Groom Lake. G-R-O-O-M. Just type in Groom Lake. You're going to see a dried up lake. And then from there, Area 51 is smack dab right in your face. But the cool thing about it is obviously, and you know, like FBI is probably watching everybody as they scroll at the same time to, to find this or type in Groom Lake. Uh, but the cool thing is, is like, it looks as if it's a 1970s type base. You don't see anything driving. Everything's perfectly lined up. Why? Cause everything has to be hidden. And that's how you play the spy game. Shout out to Ben Affleck for that movie. If I believe it's crazy, you start, like, I, they must've done something recently. Cause like you can't really zoom in as you start zooming in. Like it just kind of goes blank. It goes a little blurry. Oh, oh, it goes blank now or does it get blurry? Well, I guess mine's coming back up. Maybe my I'm just gonna say that's your internet connection. I was I was able to screw in. I think somebody as a joke put Del Taco out there, but it's really funny because there's there's literally a road that goes all the way up there, but it's an unnamed unnamed road when you're on Google Maps. Like you normally when you scroll in on Google Maps, you're able to see the road name as you continue to scroll down. Doesn't happen there. So I'm with people. I want to know where the aliens at. Everybody that wants to see some aliens, say yeah. That's what I want to see, but are we ready for that? That's are are we ready? Let's let's have an let's have an honest conversation. Is the world ready for aliens? Because at that point in time, the those that have religion or faith faithful to their religion, do they think do, will you, will you, will you be shaken in your faith? Hopefully not, but I feel like a lot of people would. Then you could have mass chaos. Uh, I don't know when I don't, I mean, that's tough. I, would you quite, I would maybe question a few things. I don't know if I would question religion. I don't think it takes away religion. In my perspective, it probably doesn't. But. Well, I mean, in American politics, everybody's picking and choosing, picking, picking and choosing what, what they want to enforce, but created in his, in his own image. So who, like Tyree said in Transformers world, who created him? I mean, it's an amazing question. Um, I, I, yeah, it, it it definitely gets weird. Uh, I think it's it's interesting if it's if they if they are there, right? And they've say they've been there since the whole what um, crash red landing in Roswell, New Mexico, Roswell. Right there, like nineteen fifties, whatever, forties, sixties. So say that was all real, like, but we've kind of known about it. So why would anything kind of change from your religious perspective? I, I think it would just change the way that we would hopefully view each other. Yeah. Right. Cause then it's like our, our, our now common enemy, if quote unquote enemy, right. Are people that we have like, just don't know anything about and they could probably have better technology and all that other stuff. I think that's the way I would look at it. And just from a rational perspective. Yeah. Cause I, I don't, cause like religion, I, maybe right? religion should be faith-based. So it has nothing to do with like, if I see an alien, it is. It should be faith based and how you live your daily life and how you have your interactions. But people don't live like that, Sterling. We've seen that. 
people miss people can use scripture to whatever benefits the outlook and viewpoint that they are trying to enforce on whoever and not just by the words of treating each other the way that you want to be treated golden rule 101 uh we can go down the list but like my point is people use religion or their their scriptures for whatever what whatever your belief is for how they want to have their outlook on life um done and see you know and how they have their interactions so i think it would shake a lot of things it would it would it would i think it would shake a lot of people if you went if you met an alien like mm-hmm. would, would you would you hang out with said alien or would you freak out and tell somebody that's a good question first i'd be like man you want to i got some beers in the fridge if you wanted i would i would hopefully be like hey here's a t- tasty refreshment for you to for you to partake on if you would like you know why, why do you assume that they don't know how to speak english because they definitely don't know how to speak english how if they or, I mean, yeah, then it could be like Paul, that movie, which is hilarious if you've already seen it. Um, Seth Rogen, possibly. If they have been here already, then they could know English or they could know all the all the languages across the entire world. Who knows? Uh, but, oh, wait, my bad. Let me, let me back up. You're assuming if I meet an alien that's been here, not just an alien that comes here? I guess, cause, yeah, I guess I mean the same thing, but sure. So if an, alien, if an alien's been here, I would just be like, hey, man, you can hide out. You can hide out here. I just I just need some questions answered. Would you be terrified that you would be, like, killed in your sleep or something? Mm. If it's my time to go, it's my time to go. That's all I can say to that. I was just trying to live the good Christian way and treat somebody the way I would like to be treated with respect. And if I go out, hey, at least I was doing – what I believe from my faith. So your faith tells you to to talk to an alien? Is that- no. Well, my, my, my faith says all aliens, <laughs> foreign, are accepted and welcomed in my home. You don't have a shirt? Let me give you some shirt. Let me give you a shirt. If you ain't got shoes, let me give you some shoes. You need food? Let me let me let me feed you. Isn't isn't I think though I'm paraphrasing, but that's that's what scripture has, and that's what I would try and do. It'd be weird. Yes, it would. But I would want a want to know what happens at the end of a black hole. Do you just crush and die or is it actually like a wormhole? And we just have been neglecting that for these years and we just should have been going for that first. How do you get to light speed? Because I want to travel around because it's really interesting. I watched the video. If you put things in context of light speed or light years, sorry, let me let me keep it scientific. This isn't Star Wars. If you have light years and put the universe into that context, it is incredibly smaller. Like what? Four four light years or four years to get like to another galaxy. You'd be like, all right, I can I can do that. So say if you had like cryotech and you could preserve your body, like this is uh, passengers, that'd be dope. But the universe does get smaller for at least the Milky Way's our universe, our galaxy. Um, so uh, there's, there's a lot of questions I want to get off my chest first. Well, what would be your first thing that you do if an alien popped up into your crib or you saw one running across waving at you? Like, Hey, I just got out of 51. I've been, I've been running for miles. I need help. 
I mean, <laughs> I think it depends if they, if I could communicate with them. Uh, Wait, well, they, they should already speak English because they're yeah, already here. That's a natural question. That's a natural question. Can you, why do you assume that they can't speak English? Um, but that actually is my first thing. It's like if, if we could talk, then, then, then I think everything would be chill. I would actually be fairly terrified. I'm not going to lie. I think you would just react. I think you would just react to something that you'd have no idea what they're thinking. And obviously they have no idea what I'm thinking. So, right. Cause they would assume that you're freaking out right now. Please don't kill me. I've and seen I'm, the news. I'm thinking the same thing. Americans are gun crazy. And then you're like, don't anal probe me. Don't put anything in my butt. I'm friendly, but not in that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, it, it'd be incredibly interesting. I think, but I would definitely have a ton of questions. Uh, yeah, I just sorry, I, I blanked a little bit. If you guys don't know also, like Japan landed a rover on a distant asteroid. They're going to collect specimen or they're going to collect uh, samples and rocks, rock samples. <laughs> and uh, let's do that. So today bring is it back. the anniversary of Apollo 11. That is correct. 50 year. And there's a partial lunar eclipse tonight. And we have not been back to the moon since 1972. Is that right? There was three I, Apollo missions. Or? There's a ton. I just. Well, it's successful. Like 13, obviously, didn't make it. Yeah. 11, 12, 14, 15. Last moon landing. 1972. I just find it like that doesn't look real. I just find it incredibly interesting that it is 72. What's that? 40 something years that we have not had another moon. Like it's just weird that we just can't pick up and go to the moon. If we did it in 1972, when the cars we had were metal. It, it really does. It, sh it shakes your faith. Because I want to wholeheartedly believe I'm not I, I'm not the biggest conspiracy theorist person. We've had episodes where we've gone down the rabbit hole, but you don't want to believe that your government's been lying. To, the government lies, but you don't believe that something this major they've been lying to us about for 40 years. But the more you dive into it, I think there was a somebody that was on the project says we don't have the technology anymore to do that. And like, what do you mean we don't have technology? Y'all didn't have Google. We have Google. You didn't have cell phones. Like, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean you have the technology? Right. <laughs> and then, so let's, I mean, let's break it down factually. These, these are the biggest, these are the biggest reasons that everybody says for the reasons why we don't go back to the moon. One, it's not a priority. I mean, they all kind of rolling together. One, it's not a national priority. Obviously, you had the Cold War there and the Cold War fueled the space race because you were basically, it was big dick swinging out there trying to be the number one nation to then have a rocket program um, to get out in space. Obviously, the Russians went out first in just in outer space, and we took it from there pretty much, got ourselves to the moon first. We were the first ones there, basically ended it, Cold War's done. So you're like, it's not a national priority, so why do we need to do it if it's not a national priority? Then where are you going to get the overall funding for it? Because it's very expensive. And then like three is people say we don't have technology. Like I don't, this is like story said, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense for why we you could say we don't have the technology so you bring all three of those things together and you're like why all right take one take the initial one out 
um, if you did it over a, you know, a span of years, and you're not trying to get this done in five years. I don't think money is a real issue, especially when we fund perpetual wars every single year. So we can get funding. We have technology. So it's why can't we go back? It's just weird to think that it's a it's a cover up or that they've been lying. Like at some point, right over fifty years, someone would have been at a bar like drunk and then like, I worked for NASA and like we never went to the moon. Definitely not. Definitely not. Why? I, it happens with everything else. Even the JFK stuff, people like were leaking information. Right. That's, I, why, that's why we have more information of like what we think happened. Right. I think there are some secrets that they will always make sure that there's somebody staying on top of it to make sure the official word never gets out. I, I wholeheartedly believe I, I saw something I like to. You would be employing like thousands of agents per year. You ever heard of Sector 7? Oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. You ever heard of Captain Archibald with Wickedy? With Wiki? Ex- ex- exactly. That's what I'm joking, but that exists. You can't say it doesn't. We have organizations and sectors of the government that are top secret to top secret to top secret, officially off the books. How many how many times have you watched a movie where they're like, all right, and for like something wartime and like, all right, you guys can go do this. But if you get caught, you're on your own. This never existed. And if it's that easy to make something like that exist and vanish and make and make that go, why can't a, a phantom society or not a phantom, a phantom sect of the government be running around uh, trying to trying to tie up loose ends? Yeah. Private yeah. contractors. That's just, this is true. Those those things exist. Like Sicario, which is an amazing movie, is a really interesting intro. Sicario. Sicario. Sicar- what did I say? Sicario. Oh, whatever. Um, it's an interesting look at, at operations like that, especially south of the border. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I find that really I find that part interesting. Right. As much as the moon landings don't make any sense to me. I find the fact that no one has ever said anything. Yeah, it, it is. You would hope, you would think that something would leak out. But I I would believe... Right, like generals in the 80s, like JFK. I, the JFK one is always like really fascinating to me. Right? Yeah. So generals in the 80s were talking and, and, and people started leaking information like, oh, well, this general wanted to really go to Vietnam and and things are starting to be put in place with Lyndon B. Johnson for him to take over and like all this stuff, right? So, so we know that there were there was movement around Kennedy that he actually knew about, and then you start looking at his diaries and all this other stuff, right? That that coincides with the fact that he kind of knew something might have been coming because of the fact that some people wanted to go to war, right? So we know that now. At some point, you know about the moon landings. It just ha- it just naturally happens. Well, let me. I'm gonna throw something at you. What if they're just hiding in plain sight? Because give them a little truth, but they don't know it's the truth because there's so many wild theories out there that it all just blends in. So maybe we are leaking just a little bit. Maybe there has been leakers or true leakers. There maybe maybe there was a true leak to happen that said, uh, maybe we did we went to the moon once, but the rest or we never went to the moon. Let's just keep it easy. We never went to the moon, but there was a real leak with good information. But then they're like, all right. 
Well, for us to counter that, let's put out something something more far-fetched. So then now you have crackpot theories out there mixed in with real information. So people can't tell what the difference is. So therefore, you can you it just it just always goes and you're hiding in plain sight with a secret that you're keeping. Ah, 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 ah that's tough. That's a tough one. Why did you just do the aha thing? That was actually really smart. That's probably the smartest thing you said five or six years. You know, sometimes things hit me in my brain. Everything lines up like Jimmy Neutron and it just rolls out. I don't know about that. But that's a little, and then that's just scary because then you're like, what? I mean, but we're in that time period now of what can you trust? I wish we had Camel and we're, he, we're going down the rabbit hole today. A little, a little bit. Very, very much so. No, it is. A, I mean, I think what you just touched on is kind of the whole, like, a lot of the misinformation that gets put out, right? We live in this, we live in the information age of misinformation, which is interesting. And with that, right, you can just put out anything and some of it could be true, some of it might not be true. So the plain side idea is actually a pretty, pretty ingenious one. And if you had the foresight knowing where how technology is going to be ahead of security, you just always stay ahead of the game because Mark Zuckerberg ain't doing anything to clean it up. It's all about making money. It's a capitalist society. Do whatever you can. If you the more the more clicks you get, the better it is for you. Doesn't matter if it's disinformation, uh, misinformation for somebody else that's genuinely trying to look or is doesn't really know how to navigate the the interwebs. And now they're just making money, but now all these wild ideas or, or wild things that are out there. Are, just continue to float. So it's, it's, it's crazy what goes on, but you, at the end of the day, you don't want to think that your government has lied to you for this long. Cause that would just be wild. Yeah. I don't think so. The, yeah. I think that's what, I think that's what governments are supposed to do is like keep you safe. Yeah. So you can sleep at night. I mean, if, if we truly knew this is why you have to appreciate the, the men and women that do protect and serve, for all the things that they that they that they do do, so that I can have the peace of mind at night, not having to think about the stuff that they've had to go through, especially all the secret missions, back channel. I mean, think about how crazy the um, the story in Africa with like SEAL Team Six Eight Seven, the, the the SEAL member died, but that story basically kind of like was hot in the news for like two weeks, maybe three, swept right under the rug. Because something botched happened in the mission, but that information started to come out and then it just went away. You haven't seen, haven't seen anything left, left about that. Yeah. Well, stuff like that too is also like a national, is honestly a national security issue. That too. You know what I mean? Cause like, but anything can be labeled as national security. I mean, we didn't know for the longest time that Pat Tillman died from friendly fire. Right. Like, but is that national security or is that just safety face? I mean, a little bit of both, but I, I don't think we always need to know exactly what happens to soldiers and what was exactly going on and where they were. And just, it, I think it gives insight into like how we run. Ah, uh, I see. I see what you're saying. Like, why? Why? I mean, we were there, obviously, said, but like, oh, why were we in Fallujah at this time? I didn't think we were supposed to be in Fallujah. Yeah, or it's like, why were they in that area? Like, it, it just it gives too many things away. Right. I can. I can understand that. But it also is annoying, like take when Sarah Sanders was using national security purposes for like not answering questions for, and it's like that's not really national. But anything could be labeled national security, not answer something. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah. I, it's interesting times. I didn't I didn't know how I didn't know how long we'd hit that, but we we hit it. That was a long rabbit hole. But it's a good one because it's it's just interesting. Obviously, governments have secret facilities, um, but this secret facility and everything that goes along with it for UFOs and uh, extraterrestrial activity and just people's imaginations and what you see on videos, movies, all that type of stuff. And you're just like, I, I really, I want to know, or at least give us something. And then you had the New York Times article come out with Air Force pilots saying, we've seen stuff in the skies and these people, these, in pe- these men are perfectly sane. We've seen stuff in the skies that we cannot explain. Something doing a, a 90 degree turn that would essentially be like 20 G's. I don't even know if that exists on our scale that a human body cannot handle. I think his, his biggest point was it's not about how really how fast you're going through the day. It's the, it's the breaking and what's happening to your body when you stop. Cause you can go as fast as you want. But how does your body handle when you're going from that's why it's so tough to be like an F1 driver or any car driver when your body's going from 180 miles an hour to 30 in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And they're going like zero and, and then restarting. So it's all it's all interesting. But it makes you it makes you wonder. It makes for good conversation, makes makes you go down the rabbit hole, makes you want to choose the blue pill. I will say one. So I, I went on a rabbit hole this weekend to finish this up. Uh, kind of about government and misinformation and everything like that. Not to get mm-hmm. political, but um, I would I would encourage people. It's not the best movie, but I would encourage people to watch Shock and Awe, which is about a uh, Night Ritter. It's like the only. It's it's kind of during the boom of what Fox News has become, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess they've always kind of known what they are. But it's on Netflix. Uh, I think it was on like Showtime or HBO or something. But okay, essentially. It's about all the misinformation that was being put out so that we would go to war and about two, two journalists and or t- essentially four journalists who worked at Knight Ritter that were um, chasing the real story and like actually putting out articles. But to your point, they were living in plain sight, but no one was reading them because they're reading the New York Times or watching this or doing that. And all right. that was really interesting. That's why I stick to Reuters, man, for official information. Reuters? Reuters. Now, you, know, you ain't heard of Reuters? You never heard of Reuters? It's okay. It's all right. <clears throat> yeah. You know. Yes. Yes, Sterling. Reuters. Uh, uh-uh. Mispronunciations happen all the time, baby. You just got to stick with it. Hey, you knew what I was saying. That's all that matters. If you know what I'm saying at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Actually, that's really cool now. I don't, you don't have Spotify, but Spotify does a daily commute. Uh-huh. So they'll put like NPR. So it's actually kind of crazy how much they know about you, but they'll do like an NPR story that they think you want to hear. And then, then they'll play like two songs that they think you want to hear in the morning. And then another like story that they think you want to hear. And then a couple more songs. And like, they, hmm. it's actually really weird how good their algorithm is. It's actually really scary, but um. But if you don't care about all that type of stuff, then it's kind of cool. Algorithms and your phone's listening to you, trigger words that turn your mics on. That's why you want to check your permissions for stuff that's going. But it gets your ads tailored to you. It gets your, it gets your music flowing to you for the AI purpose of it, not like listening. 
Ah, it's a, it's a lot of weird stuff happening with the the technology boom that we're in right now. But at Basically, what point like, do you not care? Because it's like we've signed so many of these consent agreements, like all that stuff. Like you have to at this point, honestly, like people have our information. Let's just be real about that. Yeah, and they listen to our conversation. Like if you have Xfinity and you don't turn, if you literally you do not physically walk up and press the button to turn off your set top box like it is listening to everything you're saying my phone literally just clicked i said something my phone is now recording everything i'm saying through bixby right like there's always everything around us that is listening to our conversations and sending that data out right and monetizing right so this is the world that we live in it is uh i i what'd you say really crazy that this is happening right now that is weird. I, I mean, I stopped caring today. I was in the grocery store and I saw a seven foot robot just meandering itself down the aisle, just cleaning or doing whatever it was doing. And I was like, you know what? It's that time. It's there's no point to fight it. I it, it, whatever. I'm not saying I'm going to f- give in to Skynet, but <laughs> what what am I going to do? There's now we have robots going down the aisles either cleaning or eavesdropping on my conversation. So whatever. At what, what freaking ever. Snapchat, NSA has already seen everything. <laughs> what, what, right? What, whatever. You know, man, they, they got, like, what if they assign you that job? You're just out of college. You just went to MIT. They're like, hey, man, like, we want you to just sit at this computer while people, like, get naked in their house. Like, what it'd be the weirdest gig but hey i would sit there and just say three more years i got government pension that's all that matters (laughs) just get a calendar and make an x through every single day that i start marching through it ah but hey we'll see what happens i don't i uh it's gonna be interesting because i really do think people are actually gonna go out to area 51 just to finish that out uh i don't think they're they're gonna get close but there's gonna be like a party there i'd assume they said they're gonna shoot him if they get close oh yeah I, they, they don't play if if you have time by the way go follow us at to the max radio on everything ig twitter to the max on uh spotify google play itunes but yeah if you type in um like motorcycle bikers driving to area 51 they're not even remotely close to the base and he's like oh there's a sniper up there sniper up there here comes the black car and you don't even you're just in the mountains. So, yeah, they they don't play just on regular times. But that's what they're saying. Power in numbers. You ain't stopping 500, 600,000 people. But then they bring out that new technology and your ass get blown away like it's world of worlds. You like didn't know we had this. Now, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't. People turn it into dust by the hundreds. Woo! Yeah, terrifying. Gets the blood boiling. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Continue to support us. This is to the max.